With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. However you like to do it. Indoors. Outdoors. In the gym or playing the field. You know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of dice. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At LifestyleSports.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. This is a podcast, obviously, but you are, we're also live on Facebook and on YouTube now as well for patrons. So, hello. Hi. Waving there. Did the old jazz hands over there. I didn't wave. I'm, I'm, didn't I'm wave down with waving. Yeah. Um, so, welcome to Blood and Mud, the podcast that's never taken a penalty in my life. No. Never a penalty, actually, from the spot. In any kind of proper I mean, situation, like in not the in any proper situation, no. Like I've done it in like playing in school and stuff, but never like I don't remember I've doing never it felt the pressure. School. I remember it, I remember it being further away than I thought. Yes, it looks on the telly. It seems like it's a yeah. very long way away when you try and do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't think even my school had proper eleven-a-side things drawn out. So we just used, you know, like the top of the D on the five-a-side goal. Mm. We just. To take them from there, I think, which is definitely not that's definitely regulation. Not it, no, no. <laughs> no, so never. So yeah, yeah. So I had that to deal with at the weekend. Obviously, did you actually watch it, Josh? Just to yeah, just to... yeah, I watched it. You know, I went for a, a walk at half time, and it was the quietest walk I've ever been on. <laughs> just literally not a single other soul out, but. uh yeah, it was quite an entertaining game, I thought. I genuinely felt bad for England because you couldn't help but feel bad for the pure sort of Well, you can't help but feel bad for a 19-year-old lad, can you? Who just plunged yeah. his head into his shirt in tears at the end. It was horrible. Genuinely horrible. Like, penalties got, are a shit way to end anything. But yeah. It got to the end. I was just like, I just, I don't, 
I don't really give a shit if we lose it. It really doesn't matter at all. It's just basically like a <laughs> shit house tombola penalty. So I don't, I'm not asked. And you know, yeah. And then, and then, and then it was over. And there you go. Yeah, and then and it, you know, it it was what it was. So this is not a football podcast, obviously. No. So we'll stop talking about that. But uh, but I'm Lee. Hello. Hi. Hi. Over there is. I'm still Josh. Indeed. So, apart from the football at the weekend, Josh, what what have you been up to? Um, I tell you what, I had a very i i had a a weekend of really being quite pleased with myself because um, oh, well, okay, that sounds like a good uh, yeah, weekend. Indeed, because for about I don't know seven or eight years now, this this guitar right here, what I am pointing at now. That is that an Epiphone really, Les Paul? It is my Epiphone Les Paul, oh, what I have had yeah. since I was 16. Um, so, you know, it's not done a bad fair old the guitar, that. He did well for a 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my first proper guitar after I had, like, a fucking Honer and a Squire Strat. And this was my first, like, buying with birthday money guitar. And it's, you know, it's been a good servant. It's been gigged many times. It's sort of, it's been on the road a lot. It's, it's earned its you know however many years 18 years or so of of use but uh for about six years it's basically been broken and all the pots were fucked basically and so uh, gradually over the course of about four or five years it would be like okay i have to fiddle with this pot to make sound come out and then you have to fiddle with it more and then by last week it was just like well if i'm not physically touching the pot the sound doesn't come out, and therefore I can't. Non guitar people out there, the pot is the little knobs on the guitar. Yes, indeed. I'm using technical jargon, but um, yeah, so I was like, you know what? I, I'm sick of this. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna buy a new fucking wiring loom and I'm gonna resolder the whole thing. See, that's like fucking alchemy to me. I've got no idea how to do any of that, and I'm Mate, quite as, as the listeners know, you're, I'm you're quite, quite a DIY a man, yeah, you know, Mate. I can wire a plug or two. But well, I wouldn't fancy getting into a guitar. That would frighten as soon, me. As soon, well, I'll tell you what. As soon as it and it arrived much quicker than I anticipated. I ordered it from my good friend James's home of Tony's who's a little boutique business up in the Midlands who does these pre-done wiring looms. And I was like, oh, it's fine. They're pre-done. How hard can it be? But the only things that are actually wired up to each other are the volume and tone pots themselves. You still have to wire it into the selector the switch, circuit, both pickups. The ground loop, you've got to wire it up to, you know, the I'm jack already socket. feeling actually quite physically distressed. I mean, the, this is that. what I happened when I took the back off the guitar and was like, where does all this go then? And what I did as I foolishly was like, right, in my sort of enthusiasm, I was like, right, I'll unplug everything and I'll unhook everything. And then I was just left with a guitar with a big gaping hole in the back of it. And just thinking, I don't know where any of these wires go. And yet, and, and yet, we somehow, fast forward to now. Yeah, and... fast forward to a couple of abortive fuck ups where I plugged it in and nothing happened, um, and a quick Instagram exchange with James from James's Home Tone, where he basically told me where I'd fucked up. Um, but no, I fucking rewired it and it works. Where it you fucked good. up, Josh's is when you bought this from me and tried to do it yourself. <laughs> That's where you fucked. Yeah, I mean, you could have said that, but no, he was very. I took a photo and he was just like, "Oh no, yeah, you've put that in the wrong place." And I was like, "Oh, good," and it's fine and it works. I've rewired my own guitar, which I, it's just somebody who's a guitar journalist shouldn't feel like a big deal. <laughs> but 
I mean, the yeah. last time I used a soldering iron, I ended up in A&E. So, like, yeah, I, I feel like I've done quite well. I'll have a go I'll at most things and things like that. You know, I've got, like, all of my garden stuff is petrol. Mm. I've got mm. a petrol chainsaw and everything else. And I, got, I bought a petrol strimmer, and it wasn't starting. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's basically an engine, and I don't have mm. a fucking clue about engines. <laughs> and it wouldn't start. And I watched about 14 YouTube videos around spark plugs and all this stuff. And it's the most, it's the most infuriating and um, what's the word, impotent you feel. Yes, because you pull the fucking, you, you pull the was whatever it's the starter cord. Thing. Yes, but I don't know what it's called. You turn so, that is over. Is it the rip cord? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I you do know. that. Nothing happens. Yeah. You prime it again. You do it about five times. Nothing happens. You stand back and you look at it. Oh, yeah. it's just not working then. And then you go back in and you pull it a few times again and still it's not started. And you're like, oh, that, what? that's it. That's the end of yeah. my trying to get this to start. Well, this was this was where I was with the rewiring guitar thing after like the second time that it didn't work. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I was just like, well, I've attempted. I've, I get in a really like, bad mood about this stuff. Me too. I, like, I, I get infuriated about it. It's the I'm not a nice person to be around. <laughs> It's the impotence of just being like, well, I followed the instructions here. This should work. I don't know what to do. At least 22 times, and it looks right, so why is that it working? The third time I did it, I didn't even test it, because I was just like, that's definitely not worked. I I can't even bring myself to plug it in for a third time and have it not worked. And then at about... Just, just before the game on Sunday, about sort of half past seven, I was like, oh, I'll just chuck the guitar back upstairs. And as I was just, I was like, oh, I'll just plug it in, just see, just on the off chance. And it worked. I say it worked. I had wired the whole guitar upside down so that the selector switch is now selected the wrong way around. But that's a really yeah, easy fix because all you, all you do is just that gives un- it unscrew, that, unscrew that thing and just turn it around 90 degrees. It's fine. Nobody's any the wiser. But um, yeah, I'm genuinely extremely pleased with myself. The most pleased I've ever been with an electronic thing mm-hmm. was I managed to replace the screen, the LCD screen, on an iPhone 3. Nice. Because it literally though. comes apart in two. There's like a clip <laughs> thing on it. You do the screen, and then you put it back together. And I was like, great. So I did that. And I was honestly, I've never been so chuffed that I managed to do something like <laughs> something they've basically got Chinese children doing. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Like pleased with. And, and then, minimum wage lads doing mobile phone repair shops. And, and yeah, exactly. And 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 then some. I think it was the iPhone four, which had obviously a completely different design. Same thing happened. I thought, well, I can replace. I can replace this. So I started looking again. This doesn't look like an iPhone three. I thought to myself, went on YouTube, got to like step five of the instructions was like, fuck that. I am not yes. touching this thing. They no are now way. incredibly, they are now incredibly hard to fix because things are stuck together. In, and it's Which like you've got to have a Jordan, special screwdriver. In Ellesmere Port Market, <laughs> charges 75 quid to put a new screen on something. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Although when I did that, they still managed to break my phone in doing it because they're not designed to be taken apart. So I'm assuming there was no refunds, no fixes, no callbacks. I mercifully I went to a relatively uh, reputable one, and I made such a fuss that they gave me a new phone. So <laughs> was it like Twitter, Josh, in the open? Yeah, yeah, big start. I was really feeling <laughs> <laughs> the word unacceptable came out so many times. Brilliant. 
Yeah. Did you ask to see their yep. manager? Yeah, I damn right I did. And I went to head office. I was like, do you think it's acceptable for me to hand my fo- my perfectly functioning phone with a broken camera lens in and you break the entire thing so it doesn't work anymore? So, yeah, so, well mm. done. It's always nice to, to, to create something, isn't it? It is. It's nice to feel like you've accomplished something and done yeah. something and made something. Yeah. I spent the weekend accomplishing having to drive every fucker around everywhere. So I wasn't quite as I mean, happy as you. <laughs> not as fun is it i mean i'll try and be as quick as i can here but basically i had to go to chester on the train to pick up my wife's car (sighs) because she was meant to get the train to chester but didn't read the timetable properly so i had to then drive to chester so she wouldn't be late for a friend but then the car would have been in chester overnight parking fines having to go back the day after so i said tell you what i'll get on the train i'll go and get it (laughs) did that i said right i'll see you later came home quarter to 11 can you come and pick me up from chester yeah, no problem. Whereabouts are you? Do you know such a... Yeah. Pull up. Her and a friend. She, she's with a friend. They both get in the car. Mm-hmm. So like, what? I said, hang on a minute. Oh, I'm giving someone a lift home now. Where, where well, am I going then? Yeah. <laughs> are you coming back to ours? My wife's friend. Are you okay to give friend a lift home? Where does friend live? Birkenhead. <laughs> if you know the geography of the northwest of England, you start to realise, oh. and North Wales, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not a problem. Look on, smile. Did that. Come home. Did the same the next day, including one of the kids. People say this is what dads are meant to do or parents are meant to do, but it's unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so happy my kids had no sporting talent at all because there is no way I was going to be doing that, driving them all around fucking North Wales to 900 different tennis clubs or some other shit. I was like, I'm not doing it. Imagine imagine if, you know, imagine if they were – Athletically aptitudinal enough that they but I ruined it for you, know, frankly. But I never oh, had to awful. do that. Problem. Yeah, by going, I'm not driving. I don't care if you've just signed for Liverpool. I'm not driving <laughs> you all the way. Have you seen the M53 at this time of day? It was bad enough. I had to take it to communion class, and that was only at the church down the road. <laughs> that was bad enough, and that was only because I feared God's wrath that I had to take them to that. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was my oh. weekend. But obviously, and then then it ended with losing the football. But it sounds like you had a great weekend, all in all. Oh, my son's got his driving test on Thursday. No, fair play. So I spent all of Sunday doing parking manoeuvres with him to such an extent. We did. We were out for three hours, and we did so much parallel parking and bay parking that my power steering started playing up because obviously I'd like knackered the fluid on it or something. Because the, the car was like, "I'm not meant to do this many turns of the wheel in three hours. What are you doing?" I mean, fair play. That's. I mean, it, a weekend where you gave a lot of yourself. To others, I think some moaning. It was like, yeah, I've been useful to everyone around me, which is a blessing. Yes. Josh. It's Indeed, a blessing. It's to, it is good to be useful, useful. To around you. Indeed. So anyway, hello. Um, yes, we are. Tell me what's not useful to the people around us is this first, you know, this first fifteen minutes, thirteen of, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we are. You're going to get in touch with us. I'm at Blood and Mud. Tell me if you've had to ferry your bloody family around everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also Liam Blood and Mush. Liam Blood and Mush. Blood and Mush. Blood and Mush. That's an entirely that's different new, website. That's a new venture. LiamBloodandMud.com. And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner and at Rucked underscore Mag. I'm just, just looking up BloodandMush.com. Yeah, sure. It uh, doesn't exist. That's a shame. Well, okay. I'll be buying that. So we're on Apple. We're on Acast. We're on Patreon.com. Mm-hmm. Blood and mud, 
where you can get extra episodes. You get a lot access to a live stream of this very podcast as I'm speaking, both on the Facebook mm-hmm. group, which you can join, which is not just a live stream. There's all chats and stuff in there as well. And also oh, you yeah. get a, a private link on YouTube to watch it as well if YouTube is your bag rather than Facebook. I mean, either way, it's still a gigantic corporation looking at your every move. I don't know right about it, but that's 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 what it is. Um, we've also got extra episodes. It's two quid a month or twenty quid for the year, and you can pay, or you can pay five quid for the month and fifty quid for the year, and you get to have us have a go at giving you a player biography. We've had a few this week, Josh. We've had a few. We have. That's always nice. First of all, we've had in the VIP lounge at five pound. I think I think this person paid for the whole year, so thank you very much. Ooh. He said, um, it's our friend, Di Perk. Di Porky Perk played 156 games for Ebu Vale when they were at their absolute worst. Uh, playing in many positions across the bat line, always looking slightly too portly, hence the nickname, and to little success, to the point at which fans labelled him a no-tility back. Lovely. Oh, that is lovely. There you go. So Di Perk, the no-tility Ebu Vale back. Thank you, Di. And who have you got there, Josh? Uh, I've got Joe Ardy, uh, who hates birds and all animals after a lifetime of being teased about his surname in relation, obviously, to famous twitching spring-watching namesake Bill. Um, he insists, because of this, that if he'd have been in Scott Baldwin's position in South Africa in 2017, <laughs> he would not only have avoided getting his hand bitten by the lion, he'd have punched the lion in the face before it even got a chance. Um his teammates aren't too sure about that, uh, and I think it's quite doubtful, given he's actually the slowest fullback any of them have ever seen, to the point that he's so slow he makes Chris Patterson look like Christian Cullen. But, you know, it, it's a thing. Thank you very much. Finally this week, we've got Simon Wilton. Uh, Simon was understudy to Joe Worsley at Wasps for his entire career. So mm-hmm. back row Simon became frustrated and retired at the age of 29 to make his thought his fortune in the latest craze of loom bands. Oh, lovely. After a really good first year, things have been very difficult ever since. <laughs> do you ever worry about, or do you ever think about the people who went really hard in on fidget spinners? Yeah. True stories like, are pretty good with autistic uh, people. I can believe that, yeah. But like you know when like they were like a massive craze? Not all autistic people, of course, but for some people who need something to worry at. Indeed. And indeed, I had a, uh, what do you call it, a fidget cube for a while, not because I'm autistic or anything, but just because I fidget a great deal. And certainly in the first couple of weeks, was it the first couple of months of this podcast where there was a constant clicking and I realized it was me clicking the little clicky switch on my fidget It's better than when you used to openly vape on the podcast. That was the the other one, just this (laughs) slight bubbling sound in the background. Oh yeah, I mean, you can't say we don't take are, it seriously. These are the sort of things I might that. need to bring back now that we're sort of doing a live video, live stream. <laughs> you should have a smoking jacket and a full pipe. With my, yeah, with my fucking jewel, just leaving me in a haze of vape. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I did. I tell you, what? oh yeah, I edited a fidget spinner magazine very briefly at one point. You, one, no, you didn't, and two, <laughs> what? Uh, it was called, um, I'd say edited, it's probably a fucking, it was called Spinner Power, uh, and it was a um, a sort of, I think it lasted two issues, maybe. I, mean, I was going to say, maybe, but it was. <laughs> it definitely lasted one issue, 
but uh, it might have had a second one, but I can't remember who it was. But basically, the company I was working for at the time were like, we're getting in on this spinner, like fidget spinner trend. There's a magazine in Portugal that does, there's a fidget spinner magazine. We're going to get license it, and then we're going to, and it was literally like 60 pages of terrible tricks that you could do with a fidget spinner. I was going to say, what? How many? What? how many features or interviews could you do? Genuinely. It was some of the tricks were fucking shit, and most of them were fucking shit, to be honest. But um, how yeah, many of them involved all... like a ninja star? Because that would have been the one I would have been interested. Not in. nearly, not not a single one in two issues. It was bullshit. But like, yeah, it was like it promised something like what was it? Yeah, thirty like games you could play with like fidget spinners, the coolest fidget spinners in the world, rated. <laughs> I'm just looking at the, but. All of this was basically Google translated from Portuguese. And so I basically had to rewrite. <laughs> so that an was your magazine. job to basically Google translate a Portuguese fidget spinner magazine. No, no, somehow it was, try and make it it was make worse sense. than that. Someone has already Google trans badly Google translated it for me. And then from that, I had to work out what the fuck they were trying to communicate. So you had to submit it, an entire Google translated from Portuguese magazine? Yes. Fucking um, hell. It was not a fun week of my life. I'm gonna, and I, I was very glad when it got shit canned after issue two. Anna in the comments is asking how many, how many issues did they actually sell? I don't think a lot. It sold more than the same company uh, really bet the farm on licensing a... Um, you know those like thermo things that like posh chefs use that's sort of like a combination of a like um like a food mixer that also like does thermo mix, I think it's called. <laughs> they're big and like they're well, big in like Germany. It. It's yeah, it's basically a, a mixer and a can like sort of it cooks things, it can make ice cream, it can do everything basically. They're very big in Australia and they're very big in Germany. The same company really bet the farm that thermomixes would be like the next big cooking gadget trend in Britain and made a licensed mag for it, even though they were only like something like 10,000 thermomixes in the UK. And I think that did actually worse than the fucking spinner magazine did. I mean, at least at least every kid in Britain had a fucking fidget spinner, let's face it. Not a 300 quid thermo it's, whipping thing i'll tell you what i think the thermomix is more than that i'm gonna find out now it sounds Are expensive it sounds yeah, expensive. it is expensive fuck me this thing a used one is 770 quid it's a 20 in one kitchen appliance according to its website 20 who, who, asked, who asked who asked for that fuck yeah, me it's it's 1100 quid 1149 pounds what can you cook? Oh, no, let's end this now. This is too <laughs> let's, much. Let's not go there. Google, if, you, if you're interested, just Google Thermomix and it'll tell you that it does 20 things no, in one. Interested. Everyone's Googling Portuguese translated fidget spinner magazine. That's what it's people called, are Googling. It's called Spinner Power Magazine. Spinner um, Power Magazine. There you yes. go. Yeah. If patrons would like a Spinner Power off spin, spin, Spinner Power spin off podcast episode. Oh, me. yes. Um, uh, Yes, uh, you know a lot, a lot of questions about that in the uh, Facebook comments at the moment. So yeah, yeah. and no, okay. and no, uh, Anna Selling, but no, I didn't even get a fucking free fidget spinner. Thank you very much. 
fuck's sake. Anyway. Fidget spinner magazine. Was that was that your <laughs> lowest ad in, in magazine? Uh, it, was, uh, it was certainly right, right down there, especially as I recently started at that company and was feeling quite Billy Big Bollocks about it, and then they lumped me with... <laughs> that was the job they gave you. Fucking spinner power, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, well. Anyway, right. rugby? Rugby. We begin, as mm. we always begin, with a player spotted. Damn right. Stu Owen gets in touch on the DMs on Twitter. Hello, Stu, and thank you. Detailed, sent in several messages in little paragraphs. I quite like. That. I mean, I, I I appreciate that. He's, he's basically sort of, you know, kind of creating a little conversation with you without actually. exactly. Yeah, it's lovely stuff. Uh, so Stu always says, player spotted stroke nearly had a fight with because remember we had a bit of a spin off of nearly because the last one was somebody nearly having a fight with <laughs> Jeff Wheel in the sixties. Indeed, yeah, big star. In two thousand and three, two thousand and four, says Stu, I was out in Carmarthen with my then girlfriend who was doing her teacher training course at Carmarthen College. At the time, one of the girls she was shared she shared a flat with was making friends, in inverted commas, with a right. young up-and-coming member of the Scarlet Squad. So right. think about it, Scarlet Squad, West Wales, 2003-04. Yep. It was a weekend, and I was introducing a friend of mine from the Army, so Stu's in the Army, so he don't mess around, to the joys of West Wales and Pembrokeshire. We'd arranged to meet my girlfriend and a few of her friends in Carmarthen Town on my way home to Milford Haven to have a night out and a bit of a catch-up. Milford Haven's a long way to go for a night out, Stu. And really I've, I've never been, but I imagine it's not a good one. But please, you could you could <laughs> tell me that it's it's different. Milford Haven seems to have the it has a feeling of every day in it being your last. That kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly probably the place that you only go for a night out once. You know. The train from Wrexham to Milford Haven is the, the hilarious one because it obviously spends forty percent of it in in England. Yeah, in that particular Welsh <laughs> way it does. Um, anyway, so mm. Milford Haven. The night went well, he says, oh. until the early hours when we ended up in Metro's nightclub. Metro's in Milford Haven. I'm I was going to say. I mean, uh, is it? Is he it says, French, Is it a franchise? He says it makes a Star Wars bar look like a five-star dining restaurant, he says. <laughs> um, he says, uh, my girlfriend's friend was had met up with her latest conquest by this point and brought him over to the table to meet us all. It was a young, very inebriated Mike Phillips, whose first words were... <sighs> this so, right, this story has just gone from fucking here to fucking here. Yeah. His first words were, all right, I'm Mike. Do you know who I am? As a Scarlets fan, I wasn't sure whether to reply, yes, I know who you are. You're a great player who's going to play for <laughs> Wales and the Lions and the Lions in the future, or to try to take the direct approach and just try to take his head off. We've all been there with Mike <laughs> Phillips, haven't we, yeah, Stu? You, know. you just got in there early. The evening's going to go one or two ways, so you might as well cut out the middleman. He says, thankfully, my girlfriend and all her friends managed to intervene before I had the chance to deprive the nation of that try against Ireland by not taking the second, because I didn't take the second option. He says, I know it's not boring enough for players spotted, and I doubt I'll be the only readers that are running with our best scrum half and probably our <laughs> best ever shit housing gobshite. Well, of course, I was going to say, it would have been even better, Stu, if you'd have been the guy outside McDonald's. Absolutely. In fact, if he listens, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows the guy who was outside McDonald's, which led to the, that brilliant picture of him being pinned to the floor by the McDonald's bouncers. I mean, that's the lowest of, that's that's not a great look, is it? 
<laughs> Welsh international pin to floor, not by of, the police, by the McDonald's bouncers yeah, at the bottom of Queen Street McDonald's in Cardiff. It's like, imagine uh, on the sort of like echelons of bouncers, like presumably like your Premier League ones are, are going to the big nightclubs because they presumably play pay the best. Mm. How far down the fucking ziggurat do you have to be to just be the McDonald's guy? You know? My son works in McDonald's and he says the first mm. job you get given when you start is to be on chicken. <laughs> because all you're doing right. for eight hours is dropping and lifting chicken Nuggets. right yes. at the back of the, <laughs> the back of the kitchen. It's like the worst <laughs> shift ever. It always <laughs> a ton, it stinks, and all that kind of stuff. I imagine McDonald's bouncers is the same as the chicken yeah. station. Yeah. You work your way up from there, like in coming to America. I used to work yeah. on cleanup like you guys. Now I'm washing <laughs> lettuce. That one. Yeah, it's like you're very the very bottom of the job are the bouncers at the Apple Store because nobody knows why they exist. <laughs> ah. Have you ever seen it go off in an Apple Store? <laughs> exactly, but there's always a fucking doorman there. Um, and then presumably McDonald's is like just above that. But Did I, have I told the listeners and you that I was a bouncer at uni? Um, you might have mentioned it at one point, but I, I, w- I was gone into depth. Go for well, bouncer. I was a I was security on the door and general security in the student union in Middlesbrough. Did you have to but we did have to do. Out? I did have to do a, a door supervisor's qualification and all that stuff with the police oh, and all that to do so to do the job. Well, exactly. And then when and when we left, when we were leaving uni, so we said, "You got to carry on doing this, then Lee." When you go, because we were moving to Cardiff after uni, so you got to carry on doing this, then Lee. I said, "You're fucking joking, aren't you? I'm not doing this with real people. They'll kick me fucking head in." Said, you know, a pissed up bloody Stuart from the computer science course on the Christmas do is had a bit too much, few too many drinks. That's fine, but uh, oh, well, you say that, but my mate Kyle, right? Um, he's always been, he's a bit an odd boy, but like. He was doing a history degree in Swansea and started working on the doors like while he was studenting and then finished uni and just went full time on the doors because he just liked, he just liked fucking kicking people's heads down fucking (laughs) Wind Street. The him. The best that we, we had one day at the uni when they had vodka on 20p a shot on a Wednesday. So it was like sports day. They had Jesus. vodka on 20p a shot. It was that we had, I think we had 29 ejections that night. Nobody, nobody fighting. Everyone absolutely bladdered, basically. And then the Christmas do was a brilliant one because people you hadn't seen all year just appeared the last week <laughs> of, of uni. Oh, and it was like yes. the computer science lads and stuff in mm. Christmas hats. Bless them. And one of them was so pissed. We carried him out. And we propped him up against the wall outside and just left him there. And his mate came down, he was drunk. He said, um, he lived in Woodlands Hall. And I was like, what the fuck are you telling me that from? <laughs> I'm his fucking concierge, pal. I'm not going to put him in a fucking taxi and take him home for you. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, yes, uh, sorry. Anyway, yes. So McDonald's yeah. bouncers lowest on the food chain. Harley Worthy in the comments so. says, my mate was a bouncer in union, apparently the best paid ones in Cardiff are the gay bars. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some really horrendous homophobic reason for that. Probably is, isn't it? That nobody wants yeah. to work in it, so they've got to pay like yeah. shift allowance because it's seen as working in a dangerous environment or some awfulness like that, basically. I hope it's not that. 
I hope it's not that, but I've, I mean, I've got a horrible feeling. Anyway. If you've watched Liverpool Narcos, by the way, on Sky, the third episode about the cocaine trade goes in, and the, and the, not a second episode about E mm. talks about the door wars in Liverpool because the door controlled the drug trade. Oh, of course, and they did, bouncers yeah. were like fucking shooting each other to get in charge of doors <laughs> and stuff. That never happened See. at the University of Teesside Studio. Tell you that. So uh, that is player yeah. spotted. Thank you. So. If you want to be a patron, you go to patreon.com slash blood and mud. And if you want to uh, do a player spotted, you can do the Patreon messaging service. If you're that way inclined, you can message on, on Facebook now. But honestly, try, there's so many places to look for messages now. So try and keep it to either honestly, Twitter, the Patreon yeah. messaging, or lee at bloodandmud.com. After yeah, that, it's, it's Josh doesn't get involved hard. in this at all. So no, don't try I'm and spam in if, we haven't, uh, no. if you haven't heard anything. Don't email Josh. No. Anyway. He's probably got some kind of filter on. I've absolutely I've got it all filtered, mate. Uh, okay, so that is the player spotted. Shall we do some news, Josh? Is that is that the time of the episode? I think it is, yeah. Do you want to start us off with some news then? Um Razzy Rasmus has named the world's most stupid A team ever. Are we doing that now? Um, or are we gonna do I mean, a preview later? Fuck. I mean we can leave it till later if you like, but I'll just say it's very silly. <laughs> Fucking hell. The Globo um, Jim Purple Cobras of eight. <laughs> it's like now he's got two jobs again for a week. He's gone mad with power. And it's just like, fuck it. I'm going to throw the entire concept of an A fixture into the bin <laughs> by starting 13 <laughs> World Cup finalists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk then. about we'll preview yeah, a bit talk about later, that a bit later. the teams and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, go on. Um, in other news, in other news, uh, Premiership fixtures for twenty one twenty two have been revealed. Um, Fourteen teams now means that we're going to have to get used to the fun and game of bye weekends, which is new. Um, mm. So wasps are off first week of the season, um, and there's loads of games now being played during international windows, which definitely won't make for even more mad results and uncompetitive games like we saw last season. Um, however, first match of the season, Bristol hosting Saracens at Ashton Gate. That sounds like it's going to be fun and tasty, and Saracens are definitely going to win. I predict a difficult season for Bristol. Me too, actually. I think they could well have a bit of a, a, a slump this year, because or next year, rather. I mean, people ask me to analyze that, but I'm just—it's just a vibe just, I'm getting, and I'm going with it. I think they just became increasingly silly as the season went on, and they—they they don't seem to have any interest in reining that silliness in with some common sense. And okay, fair play to Harlequins—it worked for them, but I think in a normal season it would not. And in any season where Saracens are involved, I don't think it will work. Yeah, uh, what else have we got in the news here? Donkey Weir is back in Glasgow, baby. Yeah, he is. Spiritual home, in the kit, looking belting. Indeed. Um, speaking of uh, looking belting, uh, Moana Pacifica have been granted their licence to enter Super Rugby next season alongside the uh, Fijian Drua, which means that, yeah, the, they, have they worked out who's going to be with who yet? In because, what sense? Like, well, because like, I think they were trying to sort of divide... One, like, Australia has one of them and Fiji has the other I one. See. But I don't know if, or if they're going to sort of all try to come together and have one big competition again. 
but Super Rugby Aotearoa and, and Super Rugby AU have worked out really well. So they they basically want whipping boys, don't they? That's the, that's the reality of that, is that certainly in New Zealand, they said that they can't handle all these high-pressure games without getting to give somebody a right fucking stuff in every couple of weeks. So, yeah, Moana Pacifica are going to be those guys, I guess. It makes sense if they're based in... Especially seeing as they were certainly they will come to this later, but they're probably be quite fuming that Fiji made them look like quite a, quite ordinary at times. Indestructible yeah. rugby team at the weekend. Well, exactly. And you know, it's nice that there will be a you know a Pacific Island two or two Pacific Island teams in Super Rugby. Uh, it's amazing. It's taken this long. Um, it is, but we you can't go back. So no. we have to at least say, well, hopefully this works out. Yeah, provided it's not all one big con to poach even more islanders for the all blacks than you know happy days well i'm choosing to look on the bright side here and hoping that it indeed won't be that. But, you know fast forward to a year but we'll see what happens quite um quade cooper can't get australian citizenship very very funny this. despite the fact really he played funny. 70 times for the country it's not seen <laughs> as something that's worthy of being given citizenship yeah it was this is what happens when you go full cunt with your immigration <laughs> Rules. Watch this. Obviously, very watch this space for this country. I'm telling you. Yeah. When you go shit house, shit house immigration rulings. This is what starts to happen. When you start using terms like "Will you be good enough for this country?" which is effectively what they're saying. You end up in situations like this. Yeah, and I, and you know, you look at the sort of the reciprocal relationships that they have because, like, obviously, he was born in New Zealand. He's lived in Australia since he was like seven or whatever. But apparently, if your parents aren't Australian, even if you're born in Australia, you're not automatically guaranteed citizenship in Australia unless you live there until you're ten years old and can prove that you've got you're going to stay. They're fucking mental. Like, and there's, there's fucking loads of room in Australia. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know a lot. I know a lot of it's pretty fucking arid, but you know, when I mean, you can't live way, in ninety percent of the middle bit. No, but that's by the by. It's still massive. But some people would say you can't live in ninety percent, ninety nine percent of all of it. But you know, they've <laughs> life has found a way, and yeah, it's just mad. It's fucking mad to me how insane they are. But the Quaid thing really does throw it into quite a sharp relief, doesn't it? Unless we forget, you know, Sydney's like Wigan in the 70s, as my Uncle Keith has confirmed. It's like Wigan in the 70s, but boiling and full of things wanting to kill you. So you know what I mean? It's not that good a fucking place. Yeah, and even if you you represent the country 70-odd times, like, or 60-odd times, or however many it is, it's not good enough. Not good enough. Ben Russell in the comments says it's the same in Ireland. You're not you're not a citizen even if you're born there if you have two foreign parents, which is interesting because my wife is an Irish citizen, but she was born in London because her mum was born in Ireland. Because if you're the kid of somebody born on the island of Ireland, you're automatically an Irish citizen. But you're not if you're born there. That's weird. Citizenship's weird, isn't it? Nation states, man. They're a relatively yeah. new idea, but people have really grabbed hold of them, haven't they? <laughs> Really, well, take it well quite seriously. It. Yeah, a bit too seriously, if anything, at times. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, other news: um, Scott Robertson uh, has re-signed uh, a new deal with the Crusaders, 
until the end of 2024, which feels like a pointed amount of time. <laughs> what he what, what he has signed up for? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, presumably that's his end of 2024 means the end of the Super Rugby season in 2024 after the next World Cup. Yes. Which will mean that there'll be no. It's going to be a year out, won't it? Because, well, it depends how the All Blacks want to play it because well, they no, could win. 20, if the War Back, if basically. 2023 is the World Cup, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Ian Foster's deal is out at the end of the year. So, unless he does an amazing, a much better job than he did in his first year, I think we all think that maybe Warren Gatland's going to get that job once he's finished with the Lions. Um, and then, if he doesn't work his magic in time for the 2023 Rugby World Cup, well, Scott Robertson presumably then will just win Super Rugby again with the Crusaders in 2024 and then will instantly be parachuted into the All Blacks in time for their next test match after the end of the Rugby World Cup, which will be starting in about July 2024. So you can't say he's not worked this out quite well. Indeed. Yeah, because you don't want to be because you don't want to I mean, be out do we, of a do job. We, do we want to see him break dancing on an international stage? You know, Honestly, I don't. Man, I'm so fucking bored <laughs> of his break dancing. Jesus Christ! Um, but fair play, he's a very good coach. I imagine that most test most test teams in the world would take break dancing if he was winning them the amount of trophies and the amount of titles that he wins with the Crusaders. I'd I'd have him at Wales tomorrow if he could then transfer his it's like level a more of Crusaders of- success. Like a more athletic version of the truffle shuffle, isn't it? He mustn't it actually is. really want to do it, but he's forced he's to do it yeah. by his friends. Yeah, now the first time he did it, it was quite spontaneous and fun, but now everybody's sort of expecting it, and you feel like he's sort of he feels a pressure to sort of outdo himself. You know, when you're like a sort of plus, he's got that like, entire. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like when you're like a sort of shock jock reactionary comedian type person that goes yeah. out to offend people. You know, a Lee Hurst, if you will, or that bloke who's getting fucking pilloried on Twitter today for being a right cunt. Who I'd never heard of. No, me either. But, you know... It's not you, is it? No, it's not me. Not this time. (laughs) But, you know, if your whole shtick is being that sort of provocative comedian, if you want to carry on getting the same level of reaction, you've got to keep going and going and going until eventually you become a horrendous thing that nobody wants to see. And that's basically what Scott Robertson's doing. Like it's also the fact that he it looks like he looks like a Glenn Close drag act breakdown. He really does have a Glenn Close. Nobody wants to see that, do they? Really. I mean no, I don't. But I love Glenn Close. She's she's a queen. Absolutely. I don't want to see a breakdance in there. No, I don't want to see a breakdancing in the rain (laughs) in New Zealand every fucking year. Every fucking year, man. Can't and it all just reminded the Crusaders have once again um, chomped another opposition in their giant steel-like molars. <laughs> and once again, they've t- rendered everything to asunder. Yeah, it does sort of make you appreciate Saracens and Exeter, really, doesn't it? Like, fucking hell. It's bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. What are the news we got here? Uh, Sia Khaleesi's got COVID. Yeah. Two weeks out from the first test. First of all, let's so hope he's all right. Yeah. Because this thing can still be a complete fucker, unless we forget. 
Absolutely. People are kind of fed up with people getting it now in some ways, aren't they? When mm. actually it still can be quite serious. I know somebody last year was a proper like triathlon runner and was in a really bad way. He came through, but uh, yeah, so it can happen to anybody. So I hope to God he's all right, especially with yeah. his uh, his um, risk factors, shall we say. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, we're all fucking bored of it, but it is still happening, you know, and it's, you know, Stuart Hogg is still fucking isolating is after he? testing positive. Yeah, well, you know, he's, that. there's the one player that's tested positive and despite everything that's happened in the last week and a half, he hasn't been in any of the squads, so... There I think you, you go. can safely assume that he's the one who's got it. And the <laughs> I'm loving the journalist. Why won't you tell us it's Johnny Hill that's not been vaccinated? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Hoggy's obviously got it, you know. So maybe it's just an extra thing. Well, you, you know, he seemed like a sensible lad, but who's to say? And yeah, you would imagine that Craig Townsend is the coach as he hasn't been seen or heard from um, yeah. in the press since. And, you know, they've both been, you know, isolating for a week now. With this more than, but it should be a seven and, day, at least a seven day isolation, shouldn't it? Yeah, although I think you can reduce that thing if you start testing negative. So if they're still testing positive, after, you're not symptomatic. So, yeah, or if this, yeah, or if they're symptomatic, one of the two, I guess. But I mean, who? Well, I'm just looking at Public Health Wales rules. It could, you know, it could be very different in, you know, British and Irish lines bubble rules. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever that's the true. What, rules what actually are actually applies South, there. Who yeah, might... we don't know what the rules are in South Africa and what rules the sort of the joint medical board between the South African Union and the Lions medical team decide are the rules. I guess, but um, yeah, it's it is a bit shit, isn't it? And there's a reason that you know Ronan Kelleher is likely to get called up to the Lions any day now, apparently. Um, and I know that reason is because I shouted him out as my as as my bolter. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna make somebody a lot of money if he turns up. <laughs> yes, in a, in a test team at some point. But you know that that's the reality of where they are. You know, they're gonna have to. You know, Gatlin's realised now that they are going to have potential situations where. <laughs> You know, it won't just be one player that's unavailable. If it's a front row, chances are they're all fucked. You know, as we learned from the sort of shambolic situation with the Sharks last week, you know, if they're in the same back line as him or in the same fucking forward pack as the person that tests positive, you might have some serious fucking issues. So, yeah, we shall see. Speaking of Lions tour Mm. and injuries and whatever, I suppose the big news of the week is... Guess who's back? Back, <laughs> back again. again. Oh. Yeah. So we don't know for definite, do we? But there have literally been photos I mean, of him running into people today. I mean, he did. Yeah. I mean, there's a brilliant photo of him fucking absolutely putting poor Nick Tompkins into space with <laughs> his his recently dislocated shoulder. Um, so. I think it's safe to say that somehow he's fucking managed to... Gethin Jenkins said at lunchtime that he'd come through the morning session and he was fine, just a bit blowing a bit because it was fucking hot. Um, wait till you get to fucking South Africa, pal. But beyond that, it does seem like he's... I mean, I've heard that he's booked on a flight to South Africa tonight. 
So, <laughs> like, we'll see if if he actually goes, and he could be in a he could be in the mix to start against the Stormers on the weekend, or not start the Stormers, but at least be involved against the Stormers on the weekend, which is fucking bananas. <laughs> Seventeen days. Do you fancy playing South Africa? Don't forget eight twice in one week, Warren. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciated Razzie's sort of little kind of cheeky thing there, but it's like if you want to play mind games, like get Warren to agree to play South Africa eight twice before you name your team. Yes. Do you want to play South Africa eight twice? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm going to put fucking thirteen World Cup starters in it. Uh, yes. No, you're all right. Let me introduce you to South Africa A. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he is entirely silent. Yeah. Well, well, I bet Empire Strikes Back when they walk into that room and Vader's just stood there. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Razzy oh. stood there like Lando. I had to, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> they got here just before you did. Herbert <laughs> yeah. Edsabeth got here just before you did. Yeah, I mean, it's very funny. It is a bit of a shithouse move, kind of taking the spirit. You know, if we're, if we're going to sort of talk about spirit of tour shit, mm. it's like <laughs> sticking 13 World Cup winners in an A fixture is a. But I get why he's done it, and it's funny. So I know. think this is, I think a lot of people are reading, you know, they're not taking this the right way at all. All of this Absolutely. is fucking hilarious. This is the and instead of focusing on the fact that it's a bit of a shambles, that makes it bad. Focus on the fact that this is like a tour that's gone on the fucking boat in 1932 or something. This is amazing. Exactly. Four of them have been lost to scurvy or something on the way. It's <laughs> fucking great. Embrace it, man. This is the thing. People seem to have forgotten there's a fucking pandemic on. And, like, I'm not just talking about, like, the increasing lack of fuck that the general public and, you know, the Prime Minister seems to give about the pandemic. But, like, so many, like, journalists and players and pundits and fans seem to just be greeting every fresh twist of this Lions tour schedule as some sort of like immutable stain on the soul of rugby and the Lions concept, <laughs> as opposed to a bunch of professional athletes, coaches and administrators making the best of an extremely difficult circumstances to make a weird fucking archaic touring concept from the 1800s somehow work in the time of COVID. It's like, yeah, some of it's been a bit mad. And what, some of the team selections really, have been mad. They've they made enjoy. small adjustments, really, to yeah. team selections at the last minute. Yeah, so far the only alteration in terms of the actual tour schedule is that they played the Sharks twice instead of playing the Bulls, but they played all of the other games on the days that they were supposed to play them. They moved a kickoff of one of them back by an hour. They've had one positive test in the playing group and one positive test in the coaches, which obviously is not great, but fucking hell, man. Like, And obviously the box camp has had it much worse, but again... They're in a place where they can feel 13 World Cup finalists and an A-team fixture, so it's fine. Like 26 members of the squad have got COVID, and they name the A-team. It's like, that's the entire fucking first team there, pretty much. Fuck off. It's like, yeah, the players and staff are not, they're not on strike here. Like, they all want to be there. They would run through a fucking brick wall to get this test series to happen. Like, being imprisoned in a fucking really lovely five-star resort with incredible views, wonderful facilities, and your every whim catered for 24 hours a day might well be a gilded cage, but it's not fucking that bad, is it? And it's going really well, like, considering everything that could have happened between, like, 
Remember when we were sat here talking about this tour about two or three months ago? We were mm. just like, there's no fucking way this tour is going to go ahead. Surely not. Yeah, not a and, chance. You know, they're all going to set the reality about a month out and go, this is yeah. just... And here we are. Yeah, it's happening. Like Whether it should be happening or not is uh, you know, up for debate and is a valid conversation to have had beforehand and afterwards. But now that it's happening, just enjoy the chaos, man. Like... Like, I'm old enough to remember the 13th of March 2020. Do you remember that day? <laughs> Which was... Yeah. Wales under-20s versus Scotland under-20s, i.e. the last game of Rugby Union played in the world, I think. Professional game of Rugby Union played in the world until the 13th of June when Super Rugby Aotearoa started. We had whole three months where there was no rugby at all. Remember how shit that was? And not just no rugby, no sport. Like, we had to watch fucking films about rugby that were terrible. Do you remember those episodes? Some of our best work. Arguably <laughs> some of our best work. On, Jesus on Christ. Like, but it was it was tough. We were watching was, films. Yeah. We were doing documentaries. We were, we were watching marble racing. You know, we were so we were watching Nick Heath commentate on his life. We were watching Andrew Carter's dogs. How desperate we were for any kind of sport. Remember we and did like, the history the history um, episode with Tony Collins and he said and he made it, he said basically since organized sports started this has never happened. Yeah. And even during the wars, it yeah. never there was sports some still version of organized on. sport rumbled on. This has yeah. just never happened since eighteen sixty, basically. And, and then we're we like are. a year out from that. And, yeah. yeah, and already people are like, oh, well, this isn't the real Lions because there's no fans there, or you know, they're not doing a proper touring schedule, or it's like I don't give a fuck. It's happening. Like, stop bitching and moaning about it. Like, how fucking spoilt and privileged have we become that, like, less, you know, a year out from not having any sport at all, we're already fucking poo pooing the fact that a Lions tour is happening. And, like, yeah, it's weird, but let's get a bit of perspective, man. Fucking hell. Johnny Ball says that the, the next thing might happen, the tour bus fucking explodes and the cup. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. Focus <laughs> explodes and AWDA rises from the ashes. I'm loving the kind of um, Game of Thrones vision there. Mm. Him completely in the yeah. in the bollocks. Yeah, Untouched with two little dra- little baby cute dragons on his on his shoulders. Indeed. And somehow <laughs> he still Ball. he still hasn't got he's he's still got some hair. Yeah, just a tiny little wisp, just right there, little leg in the nest. Johnny Ball also says he remembers when we did a twenty-minute dialogue on the cut of the suits in the last dance, which yeah, I do remember. You know, again, we, some of we, our best work. Some of our best work. <laughs> but yeah, so let's just fucking roll with it. I say, let's lean into lean into the chaos. Warren Gatlin said he told his squad to embrace the chaos, and I think everybody would have a much nicer time, and we'd all be a lot more chilled out if we also just embraced the chaos and enjoyed it. Any more news while we embrace, before we embrace some more chaos and enjoy it? Um, Lewis Ludlow's been absolutely correctly cited for somehow not getting sent off and kneeing somebody in the fucking face. I mean, oh, it wasn't a good decision. I mean, why he did it was very stupid. But, like, obviously you got cited because you can't just knee someone in the face on the rugby field. It just doesn't work that way. No, you cannot. And 
And the lad who got sent off for Argentina's got banned for three games, which I level with you. I think it's a bit harsh because I thought it was quite a harsh red card. Well, I can understand why they gave it, but to ban him for three matches on top of giving him a red card feels a bit much. So that was the news, everyone. It was. And so we now are going to move to talk about the weekend and do a preview of the South Africa A game. And we will be doing that for patrons only. For the people Damn who right. are not patrons, will be leaving us right about now. Ta-ta. Bye. However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At LifestyleSports.com. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Okay, that's the weekend and the previews out the way, and we welcome back our non-patron listeners. Hi. Hi, you missed to talk about the weekend and the South Africa game. So if you want to make sure you get the full episode and the live streams and all that stuff, then patreon.com slash blood and mud. So uh, um, shit good. It's shit good time, everybody. Uh, so, it is. Uh, shall we start with shit? Yeah. Tell you what's shit, right? Go. The whole, have you seen this whole, the Fiji jersey sponsor row? Have you seen much mm. of this? Yes. Like, ugh. obviously, COVID's starting to get a bit out of control in Fiji for the first time at the moment, really. Um, and a big part of that has been put down to vaccine refusal, which is being driven by anti-science bullshit being spread largely from churches and Christian groups piped directly from their dickhead counterparts on the religious right in America. Mm-hmm. So the Fiji Rugby Union has been really proactive in promoting vaccine take-up. They posted photos of the squad getting their vaccinations a couple of weeks ago, all that sort of stuff. And Fiji Airways, the main sponsor, decided said for the game on Saturday that they would replace their sponsorship with the uh, just the words vaccinate Fiji across the front of the jersey. And it was all publicised for the game. Everybody thought it was a very lovely yeah. idea. Nobody told the players. Um, and enough of them kicked off about it because they didn't want to be used as billboards to save people's lives for some reason um that they refused to play without the message being removed uh and for so many reasons i am just really depressed by that (laughs) this whole thing is like really are we in a situation now where that's you know players are 
refusing to promote getting life-saving vaccinations. That's the level of discourse that we're at, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I do think there's a situation. People can refuse to have any medical treatment they don't want. That's fine. But I think yep. refusing to basically publicise it for people who will, you know, it's, it's madness. And the other thing is, from a kind of, you know, a change management point of view, not telling people what's going to be happening and not involving them in the discussion, which is what Vern Cotter's come out and said, hasn't he? Basically, that it was yeah, all quite last again, minute. Nobody really the knew. Thing, and then when it the came whole out, thing has been badly handled. You had the big. Yeah. You, you ultimately had the you what kind of reaction, and there wasn't enough mm. time to work through that, and then yeah. say, okay, let's talk about it then. And okay, if you don't want to put that shirt on, you don't have to, but other people will. You know, yeah. it's a very strange. And apparently, it's pissed off Fiji Airways as well because they've gone. Well, we, <laughs> gave, gonna, up, we gave up. We gave up our prime real estate on your game with the All Blacks to, you know, to do something good for the benefit of Fijian public health. And in the end, you just had nothing there. I mean, the jersey looked lovely with no sponsor on it, but mm. like lovely jersey, you know, lovely jersey. Oh, Nike. Please, if anybody's listening, is 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 in with Nike. Please, can I have all of the Fiji stash, please? Because it's amazing. I think I you showed it. a picture of the T-shirt. It's very nice. Oh, the swoosh the T-shirt, Fiji, the yeah. T-shirt with the swoosh with the like Maasai Fijian like art pattern inside it is so fucking cool. <laughs> it's the oh, oh anyway. Uh, shit from me. Should we do Will Greenwood again? <laughs> Honestly. He is the worst thing about this Lions tour, including current. I can include coronavirus in that. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, however bad coronavirus is, Will Greenwood is worse right now. I just, I just can't. Like, this sort of manic, coked up lads on tour fucking energy that he brings to the commentary box every single fucking game is just. It makes you wonder if Miles Harrison was somehow just kind of like, did did he give him some fucking quaaludes before the games would start or something to just <laughs> yeah. fucking? No, poor Miles is not very well, isn't there? It's no, indeed. Slipping a Mickey like... Finn in his drink before before the game starts. <laughs> Take the fucking he's, edge off. He's fully cunt. fucking ranting. <laughs> yeah, and he it is all the word, nonsense. The word hasn't got to Conor McNamara that you need to fucking take the edge off him, otherwise he will go all game. I quite like Conor McNamara on football radio commentary. He's actually quite good, but it's not really crossing over. No, he's very bad at rugby. He doesn't know who most of the players are, which doesn't help. Um, and keeps seemingly getting players of vaguely similar ethnicities mixed up, which is awkward. But, you know, he's having he's trying his best. The numbers on those Lions jerseys are very small and quite hard to read. Or no numbers at all, of course. Or no numbers at all sometimes, yeah. And sometimes you don't, they're not even the right ones. Well, Greenwood, man, you know, honestly, the time comes when players must consider their place in the phalanx of immissable endeavour and rampaging faculty. This is the midfield today. Will it work? Will it not? Pass goes astray somewhere, an owl hoots, handling error, but why? A mistime run, or perhaps the memory of a long dead childhood dog. They simply won't know. They won't know until they've looked. They've looked into each other's eyes. And I mean really looked. Looked until it makes them feel violated in some way. I tried to look at my wife like that, but she won't hold my gaze. Apparently, too late for that. And yet, I don't think so. 
But Ali Price knows that pain, the agony, the loss of such a force, and he's just knocked to the, on at the back of the scrum, and yet he still seems to be the same man that he was before. Junction, Wambar, season four of the West Wing. Not for me, I have to say. <laughs> Honestly, is that... One minute is that. Is that sort of found beat poetry <laughs> nonsense? And then at the other end of the scale, that it's like this weird, like, lads, 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 lads. I've been on a Lions tour. You've been on a Lions tour. Yeah. We've all done. You're going to have a drink at the end. And he has a, a staccato oh. style for the beat poetry. And yeah. a kind of loud lads, lads, lads style. It's, like, for the... it's yeah. literally like everything is a sort of yeah. prescient to him going, Oi! and I hate it so much. Yeah. That bit where Dead dog, Wayne Bonds got into the fucking, got in the way of the ball on, was it Wednesday or I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Saturday's game. I mean, basically the same game. Um, but when Wayne Bonds got in the way of the ball and got hit by the ball and he was like sort of egging Nigel Owens on, to like rinse him as if he'd just done a fucking, you know, international drinking rules fucking forfeit or something. And it, it was just, and Nigel was just kind of like, like, I'm, I'm not enjoying Nigel on this tour either. He's fucking shit. But like, like Nigel was just kind of like, oh yeah, this happens, you know. <laughs> there's a lot of run. Sam Warburton was like, yeah, there's, when you think there's like 200 rucks a game, it's like you know, a ref's going to get in the way of one of them. And and Greenwood just wanted them to sort of like get into this weird like sort of posturing, rinsing your mate and saying he's shit thing. And it was like I've just had a window into every fucking like lads night out that you've ever been on, and I hate you even more than I thought I did before. I remember in the two thousand and seven when we did that. Yeah, not not the best. When we did the two thousand and seven episode recap uh, World Cup mm. review. And we mm. talked about his commentary. The, the after he commentated on the semi-final after yeah. England had beat France, and he was horrendous. He didn't pay any attention yeah. to what was being happening on the field and just kept ranting on about people being kings of men and Jason Robinson and also and he, and actually and that was a, horrific. And I remember writing something on the blog at the time about how ridiculous it was. But he'd literally been doing it for about six months at that point. He'd obviously got excited and was still new a lot of the players, I guess. He seems to have regressed even further and become even more insane. This is the thing. I feel like he's regressed big style. And I don't like, know why, but the haircut's obviously something to do with it, isn't it? What's the story with it, the haircut? <laughs> the, you kind of feel like the haircut is the... It's a problem, you know. It, it, it's it's the haircut is the root of a, a wider malaise yeah. and a wider problem. Because like I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's like I spent forty five minutes in the company of Will Greenwood once, and genuinely one of the most annoying people I've ever met. And I know quite a few people who've shared those similar anecdotes that he because he's just like that. He's like on and like a hundred miles an hour constantly just fucking manic fucking 1am coke energy and i just think because he's not because sky don't have any rugby anymore and they don't even have fucking england game they didn't even have england games don't forget with the whole fucking uh autumn nations cup thing that happened last year he you know no fucking no domestic rugby they haven't got this, like 
I think they might still have the rugby championship, but they haven't got the current All Black tests. They've got some fucking Australia stuff, but that's just a direct feed from Australia and the stand sports thing. So Will Green was basically been a fucking indoor cat for the best part of two years, commentary wise. He hasn't, and I feel like he's just in that time, he's sort of internalized this manic energy that he has about himself at well, for all a while times. He kept doing really close-up selfie videos after the gym, like he was yeah. just saying that, you know, he will kill again. Yeah. that's Like he wanted to send it to a newspaper to make his name known <laughs> around the world, you know. But, yeah, I've got a big concern that he's just been inside too long and he's been so out of comedy for so like comedy out of commentary for so long that he just definitely been out of fucking comedy but like yeah i just think he doesn't know how to do it anymore it's too much and and harley worsley says i'd almost prefer stuart bonds i fucking would yes like stuart bonds is i didn't a agree with you he was actually analyzing a game just in yeah, a normal yeah, yeah. voice <laughs> yeah and broadly you feel like Stuart Barnes still watches rugby, whereas I feel like Will Greenwood hasn't watched any rugby since the last Lions tour. Some of his analysis isn't too bad, I don't think, if you can get through it all. It's just it's just that fucking manic foreboding. Everything is <laughs> is spoken of. It's, it's this, like, yeah, it's, why it's would you do a video the... describing how a mispass works? Are you talking like at the storm in the beaches at D-Day and your brother's going to get killed? <laughs> yeah, you've just got to wonder, haven't you? Like, what's... Things are right at home, Will. <laughs> yeah, come on, Will. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. <laughs> should we move on? Uh, yeah. What else? I think we, we should. Yeah. Before we go to the to the socials and all that. Um, I tell you what, shit is that Warren Gatland didn't quietly fly Alan Wynne Jones out to South Africa next week and then reveal him ahead of the first test like it's WrestleMania or something. Because if we can't have fans in the stadium, can we not just have a bit of fucking theatre, please? You know, just a bit of, you know, proper drama. Imagine that. No mention of him at all. And then he's just there at the press conference for the announcing of the test team. parachuted in on the back of Haguardo. Oh, oh, he rides in on the back (laughs) of Haguardo. We know know Alan Wynn likes a fucking motorbike. He rides in on the back of fucking Haguardo or in a sidecar on Haguardo's fucking motorbike. Hell yeah. Haguardo drops him off and then... Comes round like the uh, like the American mascot the other week, the MLR mascot yes. comes round past the camera, right down the fucking camera. I'll do that. Honestly, what's the point in Argentina having these games against Wales officially designated as home games, even though they've been played in Cardiff? If they don't bring Haguardo out of retirement, yeah, why is he not been transplanted to the national? I know he's absolutely. I, I know no he's fucking Aguilar, idea. Not a puma. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we, we can roll with that. That's fine. Yeah, you know, just honestly, stick him in an Argentina jersey instead of a, a Haguaras jersey, and what's the problem? I'm not seeing the problem there. It's just you know, anyway, fun at, at a higher level. Anyway, what have got here? This shit. Phil Robinson gets in touch, and he oh, says, "Shit is England's discipline yet again." I'm starting Obviously. to believe that the management has misunderstood the rules and thinks that the side conceding most penalties wins against <laughs> Canada. Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? 
even though it was an absolute pasting, it still wasn't very good. <laughs> Reese not gets in touch on a similar theme to what I just talked about. He said, shit is how riddled with pox AWJ will be if he flies cattle class between the two countries involved in this. In this, uh... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Anamun is not flying cattle class. I'm somebody, sure. I think somebody said that they were sticking him on a private jet. Which well, Reese not. I said, might... can't the RAF parachute him in? It's probably something similar, you would think. I mean, it was interesting that Gatlin said that Marcus Smith um, managed to get some sleep on the second leg of his journey. And it's like, surely planes fly direct to Cape Town. And it's like, commercial planes fly direct to Cape Town. Private jets do not have the range to fly all the way to fucking Cape Town. So, How do you know so mm. much about private jets? I mean, I don't really know. I, oh, that was it. A couple of weeks ago, I was I got a promoted advert on Instagram, which shows that <laughs> my Instagram my Instagram follows uh, uh, something has gone dramatically wrong with the algorithm about this thing. It's called I think it's called Wheels Up, and you can basically pay two thousand dollars a year to be part of like a membership club that gives you access to private jets, but then you still have to pay to fly on the private jets. It seems very silly. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, what's it's been my, fidget. Fidget. What's been fidget spinner <laughs> it's my fidget spinner money coming in. Brilliant, thank you, Peter. Pay for that. Um, the, um, yes. When I was in, uh, when I was in America, when was that? Mm. Twenty nineteen. I was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, at the Lovely. Old Plains Motel, in the lift with these like mm. three seventy odd in a lift with three other people. Imagine that. It was oh, in a lift like three seventy-year-old American fellas, and I was talking to me sort of they heard the voice. He said, "Where have you come from?" I said, "You know." Wales, England, you know, and um, and he said, Oh, yes, this is for what he said. I said, Where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Vegas. Oh, okay. I said, Did you fly up there? He says, Yeah, our friend's got a private jet. We came up in that. I was like, Yeah, I, I came on BA. <laughs> this is the thing private jets can only really fly the width of America. Like, I mean, that's a pretty wanna... big width. That's like it's still pretty you know, big that's width. Like the middle of Russia to Portugal. That's not bad. Yeah, but it's like if you want to go long haul, fucking get out of town, you're going to be filling up a lot on the way. But it does lead me to wonder, are the Lions fucking, have they got a private jet on standby to fly folk well, out? you think about the kind of people who like the game of rugby union football, right? Yeah. There's going to be plenty of people, thinking. there's going to be plenty of rugby union fans who've got a private jet, Andy, to lend mm. out, I would think. Yeah, plus, you know, they're... You know, British Airways sponsor them. British Airways have got planes. I don't know whether they're... Oh, Josh, you've been fucking owned in the comments, mate. Look at this. Martin Lewis says... Hello. This is, this is going to sound extremely geeky, but a Gulfstream has a range of... 12,980 kilometres, because so could fly direct. Yeah, but they might not have a good private jet. They might just... <laughs> they might have, like, the Vauxhall Astra of private jets. All I know is that Gatman said that Mark Smith said he managed to get some good sleep on the second leg of his journey. So, you know. Okay. All right, then. So, moving on the shit good. 10F says, neither shit nor good, but just strange, is that the Welsh players in 2021 continue to be red card magnets for the opposition with another two over the weekend. <laughs> it's very true, yeah. If Wayne yeah, Pivak's brought nothing else... It's an ability to get fucking elbowed in the face like nobody else on earth. Bruce McConaughey gets in touch. He says, shit, is a Springboks A team having the same energy as turning up to a wee local sevens tournament and seeing that your opposition inexplicably has five giant Fijians in it. 
a common occurrence <laughs> in Edinburgh, says Bruce. I can believe that. Tom George said, shit, the bed. Is Ali Price the best nine on the tour? Can we put Patreon money towards a flight for Tomos Williams? <laughs> See, Thomas Williams played fine for 20 minutes. It's just... <laughs> I mean, I get it. Gareth Davis is on this tour, and that's never going to not be weird. But, yeah. Have we got any more shit before we move on to good? Nah, let's go good. What have you got that's good? I'll tell you who's good. Speaking of... Uh, I mean, it shows that I've got a very kind of recency bias. But um, that game, what was on this morning? Um, Australia, France. Fucking Cameron Wokey, man. Like, he's had to bide his time for a go on that French back row, given, to be fair, that French back row is absolutely fucking stacked with talent. And it doesn't help that he plays in the same position as the French captain in Charles Olivon, but fuck me, in that Australia game, he was everywhere. Like, just a fucking all-action, do-everything, winning turnovers, stealing line-outs, making breaks, fucking smashing folk in midfield, offloads, carrying hard. It was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, France are fairly fine in the back row anyway, but by the time 23 comes around... I'm not sure Garthier can keep ignoring him because he is an absolute fucking nightmare of a player. Just what they need. And great He says, Wokey is genuinely world-class and I wish he was Welsh. Me fucking too. And indeed, great fun, yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Let's go there. Pierre Gat 0 says, Good are our pro two fullback and Villiers. With this small middle-aged highwayman energy, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Gauthier loves himself a second division fullback with a big old fucking boot, doesn't he? Yes, but it keeps working. It. it keeps working. Gavin Thomas gets in touch. Hello, Gavin. He says, "Good is professional rugby fully embracing the grassroots game with Lions players in random numbered shirts and players out of position in South Africa playing with our ones." Playing the our ones haven't got a game, so our twos are miraculously strong crowd. Yes, yeah, similar to what uh, Bruce said before. <laughs> I like to call that what happened to me when we played Clandaff North on a Friday night once. <laughs> Boiling, rock hard yeah. ground, and they brought their first, honestly, God, they had a couple of lads, one playing fullback, one playing wing, who, well, I don't know, they were just from a different planet in the way in which they moved. It was horrendous. I tell you what, though, like maybe on the weekend they can do that thing. You know where, like, you turn up for a game and it's like, yeah, sorry, we've only got fourteen players. Oh, yeah. They were very and... close to that in the first Sharks game, weren't they? <laughs> they were. It's like, well, sorry, one of the Lions is going to have to go and play for the Sharks for forty minutes. Sorry, we were one more incident away from. I'm afraid your fullbacks going to have to pay scrum half for us. <laughs> Energy, weren't they? Yeah. Sorry, Liam, you're playing second row for uh, the Sharks this week. I know you haven't lifted in a line-out before, but... Uh... Uh, what else have we got here, then? Uh, Fraser Manson gets in touch. He says, good as the commentators for Australia versus France not constantly going on about Sean Edwards' defence, like the BBC or ITV do for every French very true. Game. And like we did about instead, half an hour ago. Instead, they like to uh, bang on about... Uh, how just some really fucking left field pronunciations of uh, 
various French names. And there is no... That Australian commentary team loves the name Demba Bamba to a degree I've not seen since... I've never seen... They just love saying it more than I like saying the word cunt, which is a lot, to be fair. (laughs) Or like... Indeed. <laughs> um, Jordan North gets in touch. He says, "Good is Australia versus France two tests so far. Not bad for a French C team, is it?" Yes, Jordan. As uh, the point Josh is making earlier, that uh, look out twenty twenty three when this is what they bring when everybody else is not playing. Quite honestly. Well, yeah, exactly. Stu Clark gets in touch. He says, "Good is the Mish at scrum half setting up two tr- two tries." <laughs> taking the 21 jersey very seriously. Yeah, I mean, and rightly so. If we can have, you know, what's-his-face, uh, Hoskinson's due to... Uh, not Hoskinson's the Tongan Thor lad, throwing a fucking miss one off the base of the scrum to a try this morning. We had fucking, you know, props to scrum arms now, so blindside flankers and open-side flankers sure as shit better be scrum arms, in my opinion. <laughs> Patricia says that good is Gavin Coombs. What a fantastic game for his first start, but especially when he had a clear. I think I've, I've obviously copied that wrong, Patricia. I do apologise. <laughs> when he had a clear try um, disallowed and then scored immediately after as if to spite the did. referee. Yes. That's... Uh, I kind okay. of wanted, wanted that to happen in the Scotland game today when, um, who was it who scored and won a really nice try and it was done for a dodgy knock-on? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Don't know. Too tired. Forgotten. Now. Too tired. We're, we're tired two hours. That's the end of all yeah. this. And I've just kept the shit running all the way through the good bit as well. So that would have been confusing <laughs> for people who were on the video. Yay. So there you go. Sorry, there you go. It's, oh, no, I've just turned it off. Most, we're on dual control. Imp- it's horrendous. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I think the most important thing is here that, you know, anybody who's watching knows that we can't be trusted with a ticker. And here's the other I ticker. Think about, about I think that's about our level. Down with this sort of thing. That's what I say. Right. Yeah. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening, for watching, for Indeed. subscribing, for being a, for patroning, for generally just being lovely people who keep us going on this every for week. Just being you. Thank you for being you. Don't go changing. Watch those roads, and we'll see you all next week. Ta-da. Indeed. So However you like to do it, indoors. Outdoors, in the gym or playing the field. You know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At LifestyleSports.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.